0: the tenants, please prepare for takeoff.
1: Wheeler, cycling line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat-trick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> has another Hattabot, and the Winnipeg Jets are going back to the Stanley Cup playoff. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV.
2: Ground Control, that's a heck of an opener, so I think we have to deliver with a lot of energy considering the work that went into that opener. Jamie Thomas, your host, Tyler Escoville, Mitchell Clinton, as we take you on this initial voyage of the uh, Ground Control podcast, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Two and a half weeks into the season, gentlemen. It's already gone by uh, rather quickly. Uh, 5-2-1 and to start the year, and I think, Mitch, just some initial thoughts of the first eight games of the season.
0: Uh, it's been interesting. I mean, obviously, you have the... the- first game of the season in st louis and you're just wanting to you've been covering training camp for so long that you're just happy to to sink your teeth into a regular season game and of course the jets come out and win 5-1 and everything looks glorious and you know obviously it's and then you you kind of fast forward here like you said 5-2 and 1 and i think that's a start that that You you gladly take. I mean, uh, I thought after the Arizona game, Blake Wheeler kind of said it really well. It's it's a grind. There hasn't been a a perfect game yet. It's still they're still trying to find their identity. And which I think is, is interesting to note, because even though there's a lot of familiar faces, there's still some new ones. And he said, you know, last year's identity won't be the same as this year's identity. They may do a lot of the same things really well and a lot, a lot of the parts of their game will still look very similar, but they still have to find a new identity, and I think they're, they're on their way to doing that.
2: Tyler, one of the impressive things for the Jets, and they did this very well last year too, they, they have a tough loss. and You, you go to that game uh, in, Nash- in Nashville, they lose 3 nothing. they bounce back with a big win, and then you have that 4-1 game on home ice, going to the third period against the Edmonton Oilers, a team that seemed to be reeling minus Connor McDavid. They lose that one in overtime, but then again, bounce back. Now they've won two in a row. This is a much younger team. No, Toby Enstrom. No, Steve Mason. No, no uh, Matt Hendricks in the, in the dressing room. What have you liked about the young group already that is is, is showing signs to you that? Things are gonna be okay.
3: Yeah, I think it all goes back to the fact that while this is a young group, they do have professional hockey experience. So you look at guys like Jack Rosovic, Kyle Connor, Brendan Lemieux. They spent a lot of time in the American League. They know what it's like to be in a professional dressing room and I think it just shows on the ice too. I mean it's translating. Kyle Connor has been one of the brightest spots in the Jets lineup so far. Uh, obviously, Brendan Lemieux coming in the last few games and, and been really strong out there in his limited ice time, and I think he's shown why he stuck around with the big club to start the year. So, with, in terms of them losing a lot of veteran presence, I think anytime that happens, you know, you kind of have to wonder what the future is going to look like. But I think so far, so good for the Winnipeg Jets and the youth movement that's kind of come in. Mitch, last year the Jets got great goaltending from Connor Hellebuck
2: while the offense got rolling. Do you feel that same way? And I, we're going to talk about Laurent Persois here in a second, but is goaltending allowing the Jets and the offense to start rolling, even though we haven't seen that offensive output, the fire put outside of opening night in St. Louis?
0: Yeah, I think it, it's been key. I mean, the offense is is slowly coming, and I think you've seen different nights. It's it's different players chipping in. I mean, you have the Arizona game. You got seven points from three defensemen. Uh, Matthew gets his first uh, goal in that game, and then, uh, another night, uh, a couple of nights ago in, against uh, Vancouver, it's six points from you know Ealer's little line a in, in various five-on-five power play situations. Um, but that's what you need at this time of year. I mean, everybody's still kind of trying to find their game, find their routine, and it takes a while. So anytime you can get the goaltending that the Jets have been getting from from both Connor Hellebuck uh, and Lauren Brassois, like you mentioned, who we'll talk about in a little bit. That, that can only be helpful, especially because they've been facing off against teams both in the Carolina Hurricanes and the Arizona Coyotes who shoot the puck a lot. Like, I mean, that, it was over 40 saves for Brassois in, in, in both of those games. And it's something that, okay, if you know that going in, you're still going to try to play defensively in a way that, you know, you're going to limit where these shots are coming from. But I think you're able to anticipate that, okay, we're going to see a lot of pucks at our net tonight. Let's try to limit where they're coming from, and even when they've had to make spectacular saves, they both have done that and at key times in the game.
2: But Brassois is really, I don't want to say the X factor, but the Jets, from their back of goaltenders last year, 8-9-1 combined record and, a, and a goals against average over top of three. We're not throwing stones here, but you, you would like more than that. I, I assume. I think any team would say they would want that. You already have your Vesna Trophy finalist in Connor Hellebuck. He's going to need nights off. You're going to have, you are going have some back-to-back games coming up here on, on the schedule. Brassois comes in and makes a 42-save performance in, in his opener, uh, which is a record since the Jets returned to Winnipeg. You have to be very careful when you look these things up. Yeah. You have to look in their debut as a Winnipeg Jet. So Brassois, uh has that title right now with the 42-save performance. Follows it up with 42 more saves. From all the stuff we've heard from the players and and the coaches, Brassois has been the same thing, same effort, even in practice and training camp and in games. He's been the
3: same player every single time. How comforting
2: is that in your mind, Tyler?
3: Well, I mean, we are pretty much at every single practice. And I think, Jamie, you talked about this the other day at practice. He said, we need to have a camera on Laurent Brassois during practice because he's made some unbelievable saves in you know the not starters net I guess at the far end of the ice and you know it's translating into his performances on the ice during regular season games I mean he he came in against Carolina and absolutely played unbelievable and then he was solid tonight and I think he said after uh, after the game uh, against Arizona that you know, I did look like I was busy because of the shot totals, but the shots were coming from the outside. So he's obviously getting a lot of help from his defensemen. And, and he even noted that he felt his defense played better in front of him against Arizona than they did against Carolina. So I think, you know, shot volumes, he says he likes to get involved. So overall, um, very impressive what we've seen from him so far. And hopefully he can continue that because the Jets will definitely need that.
0: It's, it's funny. Even like in between drills, you see, uh, like Connor Halbuckleby say, in that particular net and you know he'll he'll get out of the way and then for, let's say, it's like a warm-up before a game. So uh, if Hellebuck's starting, he'll take the first X amount of shots or whatever and he'll leave and then Brassois will be coming in to, to stop the next wave and Brassois will take a swing with his stick at whatever puck just happens to be floating toward the net or he'll throw his glove out there. But that's one of the things that Maurice really likes about him is like, yeah, that's warm-up, whatever, but he's going to make – Players work, even on his own team, for any puck that's going to go by him. And he talked a couple of times about, uh, just at the beginning of training camp, he made a, a huge diving stop on on the the Shifley line. He did the same thing to Ehlers, same thing to Liney and that kind of stuff it makes the guys want to you know play in front of them and connor helbuck's very similar it's not too often i've noticed a few times he and kyle connor i think seem seem to really have a back and forth whenever uh kyle connor is able to get one past helbuck you hear helbuck go ah or whatever from (laughs) from from the middle of the ice and i think it's it's really cool to kind of see that dynamic not just between the goaltenders and the players but between the two goaltenders themselves even
3: shots stopped in practice gives players confidence i would assume during a regular season game well he stopped me there so he should be able to get this one and he gets them. I mean, yeah. you saw the, the save from Arizona, the Arizona game where he was pretty much down and out without a stick throughout the left pad and away we went with the puck out of the zone. But, I mean, just overall, I mean, you can't ask for anything more here, I don't think.
2: And it's, it's so early, but I, I, I look back to last year and Steve Mason was brought in, and he was essentially the starter. And to no fault of his own, those first two games against Toronto and Calgary, that, that was a total team, I guess you want to say collapse in some ways, in the defensive part of the game. But it took Mason couldn't stay healthy first off. You've had the up and down line of Michael Hutchinson. Um, so to have this early on, it has to be somewhat comforting for the Jets and, and, and management. And for Kevin Sheveldayoff, who signed him in the offseason for a very good price, I think there were some eyebrows being raised when he came in because of his, what, what happened at Edmonton. And I don't, you know, it's, it's easy for people to be down on Laurent Francois compared to last year because I think anybody outside of Conor McDavid in Edmonton had a nightmare year. So for him to come in and have this fresh start, which is, he's touched on numerous times, it's been nice for him. Uh, he's, he's mentioned that when you start your career, your professional career with one organization, you kind of grow up and you get habits. Now he gets a new chance, a new fresh start. And we've seen the fruits of that labor so far, uh, in just his two starts. Josh Morrissey.
0: What a year so far.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, talking when we were doing the Jets TV live pregame shows during the playoffs, I, I threw the question out there quite often, which Jet kind of has caught you not so much off guard, but has pleasantly surprised you? And the answer, more times than not, was Josh Morrissey. Mm-hmm. So we've understood what the Jets have in, 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 in number 44. Opportunities have presented themselves because of injuries to Dustin Buffland for him to play on the first power play. You thought after that game, when Bufflin came back, that things would go back to the status quo. Dustin Bufflin manned the point, four forwards, one defenseman on the first unit, and then Tyler Myers on the second. Now, all of a sudden, we've seen this new wrinkle with Josh Morrissey on the first power play unit uh, with Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, and Liney. And now you've got two defensemen uh, all, all across the National Hockey League. It's so rare to see two defensemen on a power play, but the Jets have two on the second unit. Again, small sample size, but that second unit, it seems to have life. And we haven't seen life from the second unit with Ealers and and, and and Brian Little as
0: well. A lot of great puck movers, definitely on that on that second power play unit, guys that can really pass the puck really well and can shoot. Like abs- like let's not forget, like you know Nikolai Ehlers uh, had twenty nine goals, and you know maybe he's trying to find that that offensive touch uh, so far this season, but he's creating, which is exactly what you want to see. You throw, you put Dustin Bufflin on that second unit with with Tyler Myers, and I mean, I think we're all going to be looking at that that power play in the second period against Arizona and wonder how a puck from that power play did not get in the net. Blake Wheeler called it a, a massive like momentum turn uh, in the game. Just the fact that you know they had a bunch of shots, a bunch of chances, but Maurice calls Dustin Bufflin just a pure shooter. So he's he's out there, yeah, he can move the puck back and forth, but. He, he won't think twice about putting the puck toward the net. Then you got Matthew Perot in front of the net, playing that spot on the power play that he really likes. And I think that, that creates, I mean, they, they went with that high tip play a couple of times as well against the Coyotes. It was something really neat to see. And then you talk about a wrinkle. You have Josh Mor- Morrissey, who's a left-handed defenseman, uh, on that, that top power play unit instead of all right-handed shots. Mm-hmm. That makes the play over to line A a little bit easier but you do have to be able to skate well along that blue line, which is something that Josh Morrissey does very well.
2: Josh Morrissey could be a very rich man in a couple of years, but Tyler, just uh, quickly before we're going to go to break here, just your thoughts on 44 and the opening part of the season here.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been very impressive. I think, you know, when you looked at his career up into the beginning of this season, you went, wow, an amazing defenseman, really well, does really well in his own zone. Um, Obviously patrols the neutral zone well as well. The thing that everybody says is, when's the offense going to come? When is he going to start to fill the back of the net? And right now, he has seven points. He's tied for the team lead in points. So I think this is a bit of a dream start in terms of the offensive side of things. Uh, defensively, he's been the same old Josh Morrissey that you know you can rely on in your own zone. Well, gentlemen, I don't want to toot our own horn, but I thought that was a pretty good start to the
0: first <laughs> podcast, first ground we, control. We maybe lived up to that intro. Yeah, we could have. Shout uh, out
3: to Young Moss, the producer, Yeah. For-
0: putting that together so
3: and all the stuff he's gonna have to edit
2: afterwards yeah <laughs> so um on the other side of the break guys uh paul bisonette uh nasty you may know him as, as i was so thrilled that he was our first guest uh on ground control the official podcast of the winnipeg jets uh, he's got a lot of great stories for you enjoy
1: shop where the players shop jets gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores make sure to stock up on all your favorite winnipeg jets and manitoba moose merchandise today visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com.
2: This is Kyle Connor. you listen to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Jets. Our uh, first guest here on Ground Control is uh, Paul Beesonette, former NHL, our current broadcaster with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And Paul... I'm looking at this ice right now, and I did some digging. Uh, your one fight in this building was against Anthony Peluso. He's a tough customer. <laughs> Do
4: you remember that fight? And yeah. You know, what can you tell us about it? I, I can tell you that he has very long arms, and I didn't <laughs> land many punches, and he did. Uh, and, and I guess we'll stop it there. <laughs> but uh, well, uh, what, what's the purpose of the name Ground Control? Uh, well, we're
2: like we're the people down here while the jets are doing all the work right we're we're controlling things okay. from down here so
4: it's like a, a modest humble name there was a there was a long conversation about the name of this podcast the e, the echl of media is what you <laughs> the yes. look you're going for yes i love that that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what i'm about we're, I, I mentioned it on the way in i'm not very polished so. right uh, how are you how comfortable are you in, in your second year as, as a color analyst for the arizona coyotes uh, the first 10 games last year were, were difficult, uh, mm. for two reasons. Just one, just getting used to not stumbling on your words. Uh, you're allowed to elaborate more on radio than you would be television. So your points are, are, are longer. And I, I wasn't far separated from playing. And a lot of these guys on the team are, are friends or, or, you know, guys I care about. and I hope they do well. And considering we hadn't won a game in regulation, the first 20 games of the season, it, it was just very difficult to keep credibility because i, I didn 't want to say say anything bad, and not that they deserved it either way. it was just a really rough rough stretch i mm-hmm. mean I think the since the the lockout the worst yeah. the worst in the cap era, beginning to begin a season so yeah, it, it was hard, but this year has, has been a lot better. The team's been playing well despite the record. They've posted thirty shots in every single game. I think they're averaging about just under thirty-five shots for. Going into last game, they were the league's best at uh, only allowing twenty-four shots against on average. So they've been playing well. You seem very comfortable. So I think a uh, year has done you well. So this this stuff is fun. Yeah. I love doing like shooting the shooting the. Mm.
2: Yeah, spitting chiclets how
4: enjoyable is that and can you tell me the genesis of that podcast uh that's probably the proudest thing i've ever done in my life because i i i I know where it's gonna head uh i i feel that especially in today's age fans are paying such a premium to see these guys playing guys are making you know like it's it's not cheap to bring fans to a game Mm -hmm. they got to pay a, a, a heavy price so and i was the plug who made it and i and i was a goofball and i i enjoyed every day and and i i still couldn't believe i was getting on a private plane and eating filet mignon and traveling city and playing the game i love for a a crazy amount of money i i want to bring the fans behind the scenes i i i get that there's a journalistic approach that that people love hearing about the hockey side of stuff i'm more interested in in the fun stuff and what guys personalities were like and and, you know, a, a lot of these fans don't know what guys were like that they grew up idolizing. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want them to hear stories about, like, Brett Hall you know, refusing to go on the ice when his coach was telling him to because <laughs> he made him serve a, a bench minor. Like, I, I love stuff like that. Right. So that's why I did it, and, and I'm very happy I started that or joined up with it. There's, of course, a connection with the Arizona Coyotes to the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, the Jets left Winnipeg to go to, to Phoenix. Shane
2: Doan is the last tie to that organization. You got any good stories about Shane Doan? that you could give us this one, and for, especially for Jets fans that still have a connection with, with
4: Shane Doan? I mean, there aren't many that aren't PG. He <laughs> keeps a pretty clean slate. <laughs> I will say, though, he played his 1,000th game in Columbus, Ohio. Right. Yes, it had to have been Columbus. And he never drinks. And, and the only time he would have maybe a couple would be when we would go to Nashville. He's just, you know, just a, uh, high on life. He doesn't need anything else to help him. Well... He's a, a big Zambuca guy. So after his 1,000th game, we I don't think we'd even been on the flight because we were traveling to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And, and he crushed, I think, a full 40-ouncer of Zambuca. And this guy doesn't drink. he I hate Zambuca. I had one shot with him because, of course, it was like a celebratory yeah. one. But he was the drunkest guy I have ever seen on this plane and, and, and I'm sure the altitude wasn't helping him either he by the end of the flight he was, he was in, the, in, the, in the bathroom he never puked but he was just like we had to put him in there because he was struggling and sure enough his family who had uh, flown over to California to go see him in Anaheim to, to enjoy the final game of the trip he they, they met him there and he had to take his kids and family to Disneyland the next morning and did he go on rides? I he said he was actually better than he thought he would have been, but I I could I couldn't believe it because I saw how drunk he was. But I mean, a guy for a guy who doesn't drink, and I was so happy for him hit a thousandth game, and you could just tell he kind of let loose a little bit, and it was nice to see.
2: That is nice to hear. And, and
4: what a trooper for getting over well, to the, the next morning. That's a seasoned veteran. Oh yeah,
2: especially with kids. That's another element. In oh, he's got
4: like ten. He's like <laughs> it's like. Uh, Who's the Philip Rivers. Yes. <laughs> the, yes. The, but did Shane don't take a car, uh, a personal car
2: to work every day to the rink? Oh, Rivers <laughs> that, does? The Rivers does okay. right now. He's got the drive from San Diego to Los Angeles. So he's got a personal driver to look whoa, over. Whoa, whoa. He's yeah.
4: still living in San Diego. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's still hanging out there. So, Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you'd think he'd get like a, a chopper or something. Uh, yeah. I th- but with eight kids, do you have the money anymore?
4: Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah you're saving up for all their college. <laughs> you got like two sprinter vans. Your EF to drive one, the wife has to drive one. Right. We're, we, this one got off the wheels quick. That's what the beautiful thing about podcasts that I really enjoy. I just saw an article in Sports Illustrated, and they said the grossest place in sport is on a bench in the NHL. Do you concur? I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it's pretty small compared to other benches. And I mean, in basketball, they ain't hawking loogies everywhere and just blood, spit, sweat. And long, it's, is long butter the, the proper term for the loogie? Oh, I've never heard that term. I, just I saw like that, that in the article. I've never been oh, on an man. NHL bench. Some of the things I'd see come out of guys' throats, oh. especially in the day where, like, like in new school guys aren't chewing as much as they were. Okay, that's what I, another thing I was oh, going to ask you. Man, guys were f- disgusting back then. <laughs> so more so than now. So a little bit better now, a little cleaner on the bench. I I, I play with guys that would chew during games. Oh, that's crazy! It's crazy. That's, it's that's crazy. That's a, I ch- I've tried over. chewing twice, and the I, and I, first time I puked, the other time I had the worst spins of my life. It's like a drunk feeling when you chew for the first time. I, ch- for the, I, I was an amateur. I chewed for the first time, peach chew on a bus, going from, uh, I think, Owen Sound to uh, Guelph. Uh, on the way back, because <laughs> we played the Guelph Storm.
2: Right.
4: And, uh, yeah, it was not good, but I had the cold sweats puking in the back. Do you do you when you see
2: peach now, or can you get around peaches Ah, uh, that's amazing as that the, you
4: asked that as a follow up question. Yeah, I couldn't. I used to love uh, peach juice from Tim Hortons. <laughs> right. They had the peach juice. Yeah. Yes. I, I couldn't even look at it for a few years. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've had one since.
2: <laughs> what's What's next now? Like as you as you move into this and out of your NHL career into the broadcasting side of things what 's next where do you want to where do you want to take this? I mean the podcast has been fantastic. Uh, lots of people love it he, You're you 're growing as a broadcaster Where do you want to go next?
4: Uh, well a lot of places i, I you know i 'm a firm believer in not staying still and a lot of people were probably wondering why I would tweet and do other things off the ice and not remain professional to some people 's standards while I was in the NHL but I used it, manipulated it for the next part of my career because that's exactly what hockey does to you if you don't plan for the next thing. It's mm-hmm. going to eat you up and spit you out. You're, you're as a pro athlete, you're a depreciating asset the day you sign a contract, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I and I I knew I wasn't going to be making the money that some of these guys make, so I leveraged that into to this part of my career. It's escalated way faster than I thought it would, especially based on the podcast. But I've I've just literally put my head down and worked work worked since the day I retired. I did that film project that yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't earth shattering, but I did that with a, a very small budget and it took up a whole summer. Like that was you know, I had to edit, I had to to help direct it, I had to write the script, I had to get these guys involved, I had to drive the the uh, not the RV the suburban around mm-hmm. of Vancouver. It took up four months of my life and. uh no, it's, it's, it's been hard work, but I, I, I also got a plan for the day that, you know, uh, maybe the Coyotes aren't, aren't, aren't hiring me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I jumped in the podcast, and, and I didn't want to hammer myself down to just one thing. I, I hope to do another film project. We're in talks with a few companies to get more a bigger budget to do another one yeah. in a different province. And, and who knows where that goes, but I know that this industry just probably like the last one is going to try and eat me up and spit me out so i'm just getting other things going on the back end too wise choice uh one last one i got it is the
2: official podcast the winnipeg jets so i got to bring in a winnipeg jet type question what winnipeg jet now
4: do you appreciate more watching from above oh man you guys have a lot of fun players uh okay i'll I'll start i won't give you this won't be my answer but i watched connor at the beginning of last year is it kyle connor correct and I was like, this guy's a player. Mm-hmm. This, they, I, I, it Was he a first-rounder, too? Yes. But, you, I mean, you never heard – I didn't hear about him before I saw him play. And he's – I think that if he can just get he, – he's like a Shifley. If he could just bump it up and get to that next level, like yeah. Shifley did, obviously working with Adam Oates, that, then now all of a sudden you have two of those guys. And then you got Wheeler, and, and then you got a, a, a lot of other good pieces around. Line A, of course. But I would just say, based on the full package, I love Shifley. I think he's awesome off the ice. He has a great personality. He, he, he's, not, uh, he's not vanilla. He ain't going to tell you a kill story. Yeah. But, but, but he's going to talk to you and be vibrant and elaborate. And I, I, he's always smiling. He's just a good dude. I, I met him at the Warrior shoot. And I'm like, man, this guy is – I'm a big fan of this guy. Right. I'm a bit of a jock sniffer. Okay. I'm obsessed with guys that are that good and then like also have personality because I love the game. Yeah. So I would say him. But, I mean, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer on this team. You guys have a, a bunch of guys.
2: Paul, really appreciate this. You've been an awesome. Well we're guest done. And we're done. Yeah,
4: we you're a busy man. Uh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. You don't want to keep her going? You're well, trying man to keep the podcast around twenty-five He's like, hey, thirty buddy, minutes. My, arm, my arms are sore.
2: <laughs> that just means we have to do less talking when we pre-record the beginning
4: part of the of the show. So thank you. All right. Hey, <laughs> anytime. thank you for having me. you've always been awesome to me and uh, I love the Winnipeg Jets media.
1: See watching it Scores! Damn. All Winnipeg Jets single game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com tickets.
2: Tyler, you, you sat there and recorded that interview with Paul, and it's just, I, I think you could sit there for about three hours and ask, stories because he's oh, yeah. so great at, at delivering those types of things and it was i mean they have such a successful podcast as it is with spinning checklists and i know you and mitch listen to it quite often but uh what a first guest
3: yeah no kidding uh i was saying to mitch before the game i said he's a guy i could just go for a beer with and just have him tell me stories about his days in in hockey because obviously the stories that he told in in his interview were fantastic and he honestly you're right you can't ask for a better guest to start
0: and he was on uh, the pregame show just ahead of the Coyotes game, and uh, just one of those guys that kind of comes over, shakes your hands, says "How you doing?" And uh, he was, I mean, a great guest on there too. I mean, he was just like you said, stories, but like he talks about the game just in a in a, in a different way as a guy that's uh, obviously experienced it. And even hanging around with them uh, a little bit at uh, NHL awards, just kind of we yeah. were just where we were kind of situation uh, situated on the on the red carpet. We happened to be right next to them, and just uh, the interactions that he's able to have with guys that he's been on the ice with before, or even uh, young Clayton Keller, who obviously is uh, one of the up-and-coming stars, if not already a star yeah, no uh, with the Coyotes. It's it's cool to see.
2: Uh, a lot of great guests, uh, we promise, coming up on Ground Control, outside of ourselves for the guests that you get oh, every basically. week. But that's just, <laughs> yes. we're, the, we're the headliners. That's just <laughs> the way it works here. Sure. And when you're the official <laughs> podcast, the Winnipeg Jets, it's us all the time. Uh, that'll do it for the first episode. Uh, next week, Jeff Merrick uh, from Sportsnet and uh, Hockey Night and Canada will be our guest, and, of course, the three of us again. Appreciate you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
1: This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.